This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. That was our obligatory awkward hug. Um, what's up, murderinos? <laughs> Ah, you're so... I can't fucking see you, but you're pretty. Um, I don't have a huge speech for this one because we're going to keep it pretty simple. Uh, When we decided we were going to do the Chicago Podcast Festival, this was a show that was very high on our lists. We asked, they said yes. Please welcome to the stage, Georgia Hardstar, Karen Kilgariff, and my favorite Chicago. Oh, um, can I see you later? <laughs> it's just gonna be me, a one-woman show tonight. Oh, this is crazy! Hi, you guys. <laughs> um, we're very happy to be here. Here we are. <laughs> uh, anyone not know whose voice was who, and it's freaking out right now because we thought it was the other. I'm the one who says fuck a lot. I'm the one that says, look, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I did that until you, know. you told me. <laughs> now I'm going to uh, think about it all the time. Uh, this is fucking nuts. So yeah. Exciting. <laughs> Very exciting. Um, the cool thing is that at some point I'm going to jump into this orchestra pit. It's true. Um, That's what we decided beforehand. We, we, draw, we drew straws. We drew straws. Karen and is... And I was like, I'm going to do the pit jump. Going to break. There's no orchestra. Fuck. She's just going to... Oh, shit. there's no bottom. There's no bottom. Let's just push you. <laughs> um, can I do a model walk to show off my dress? And oh, yeah. Has, I got this dress today. At Chicago, Michigan Avenue, Nordstrom. I thought Thank you were going to say... <laughs> I Shout thought she was going to say, can I do a monologue? Or... Yeah, can I... Could I do one dramatic and one comedic monologue? Go ahead, yeah. A short dance? Okay, go. Wait, oh, hold this. <laughs> you guys, I just wish Karen wasn't so shy. <laughs> And I just, I, pockets are oh, dude. the greatest. Stop it. 
people love pockets, right? <laughs> it's not just me. And I said that I texted you that my outfit was I was going to cosplay Nancy St. Stacy. Yes, that's right. Did you re- did you recognize Nancy St. Stacy? But I was going to wear is. like 80s heels and I fucking I Here, just take a, take a walk. It'll feel good. It started off sad and it ended and great. Then, yes. Should we uh, let's yes. sit and talk? Yeah, because this is weird. Because this is so weird. Um, all right. Well, let's not. Should we not with the? Yeah, we shouldn't use these. Yeah, yeah. Except you're gonna. Although. Yeah. No. No. We no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. And so, let's do this. When we tell the stories, we will. It's just kind of slimming when you have it in front of you. <laughs> Bisects. Draws the eye upward. <laughs> Why didn't we ask for a couch? <laughs> I need kick pants. What the fuck? I don't know, it, Is this a sm- small top stool? <laughs> I said, give her the one that's wobbly. Whoa. And so she'll look so no, stupid. No, I'm fine. It'll be fine. I'm fine. Do you want to sit on the ground? Yeah, I'll sit cross-legged on the ground. You could. Um, <laughs> I don't know what we're going to... What were other people doing up here? Perching. Like a lady. Ugh. <laughs> Not interested. Um, let's see. Do you have any... Uh, we should do some business, right? Like some... <laughs> That's right. No more shouting out or I'll have to come out there. <laughs> the corrections corner is that our family isn't a thing up here. <laughs> corrections corner is our, uh, our drunk families <laughs> up in a box somewhere. Mommy? Judging us. You're all yeah. my mommy! Yeah. <laughs> Clap for the family. They're That's all nice. my mommy. Do you have a things written? Karen, you're going to fuck him. Uh, here's it. my corrections corner. It's fine. <laughs> It'll be funny when I fall. Um, it always is. My corrections corner, and this one is one of my favorites of all time. Last week, we were talking about, uh, I think we were probably reading a hometown, and s- someone mentioned, I read the name Vincent Lee, and they were saying, like, oh, so that's a fucked up murder. And I was like, ooh, I got to look that up. We and were both then, like, I don't know who that is. I know. You've and done it, So right? many, <laughs> so many people let, wanted to let me know how I did know what it was. Because I'd actually reported on it myself <laughs> on my own podcast. Yeah. Who would have fucking thunk? I mean, I don't remember their names no. or whatever. I remember the machete. <laughs> we don't remember killers. We remember... We remember Spirit, feelings, uh, things, and qualities. Uh, also, I would like to say, people that catch up, people that are behind a little bit. Oh yeah, I fucking now know that Manitoba is not a city. All right, <laughs> I know now. You don't have to Stop keep fucking telling, telling her. Me. She gets it. It's funny the like corrections we get where we're like, yeah, we know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I've known that for like two weeks. We're bitch. You guys know that we're. Total bitches, right? <laughs> like, uh, like, d- Dad, Winnipeg, Danny. <laughs> that was my mom. <laughs> Love you. She's a very tall woman. <laughs> um, oh, also, <laughs> Stephen Ray Morris could not be here tonight. Aww. Stevie, our audio yeah. engineer, but his sister is here. His sister. Even better. Sister Ray Morris. Stephanie Ray Morris. And she has no, she's never listened to the podcast and doesn't know that he's like 
Stephen, and I, I want us all to like give her. She thinks it's. Let her know. I believe. I think she she thinks this is a Christian podcast, right? <laughs> so this is going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, and Elvis, his mom is here. Really? No, but I'll give it that me. I want that to happen. <laughs> like an old cat would come walking well, down. Yeah. <laughs> Half an ear bitten off. <laughs> Uh, I just do don't know what to do. <laughs> Want to get a chair? Should we get a chair chair? No, no I'm going to beat this. I'm going to beat this stool. <laughs> don't even. Don't bring it over. <laughs> don't do it. Um, well, we're, so, this is, oh, so this is the My Favorite Murder podcast, in case no one, didn't anyone know that? Thank you for screaming so much. That's Karen. And that's Georgia. Yeah. We're doing it now as if we do that at the top of every show. Yeah. We, we honestly treat every show like we've never done podcasting no, before. Like no. it, it's like it surprises us every yeah. single week. Oh, we should introduce this. Yeah. As oh. if someone just fucking stumbled upon this, like they're changing the radio stations and like, yeah, what is that? Exactly. It's 1961. These girls are cursing. <laughs> what? Look at this beat. Uh, do you have any questions or shout-outs or anything you need to talk about? No, I'm petrified right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who wouldn't No, this be? is great. No, uh, no, I mean, fuck, man. Everything's the best right now. <laughs> right, right now? Yeah. Yeah. What was the last one we did? Uh, oh, yeah, okay. The re- what are you talking about? The last episode we did. I don't oh, remember. I don't remember at all. <laughs> was it Vincent Lee? I don't know. <laughs> well, here we are. Face to face. A couple of... It's like two people who didn't do their book report who are like, anyway... <laughs> What I love about books is the paper inside. <laughs> the problem is you're not going to know all the like three hours of shit that's edited out of the podcast. Yeah, that's not true. We just let everything go in it, there. Clearly, we let <laughs> yeah, it all go in. Let it go in. Um, should we talk about m- mur- murder? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you guys like? It's pretty. Who's a murderino? Like for real? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean. That's called pandering. Now we're pandering. No, I don't think it's our thing, though. I'm sitting on it with my butt. Oh, are you going to go first? I think I'm first this time. Also, I'm, I'm going to put my hands it. in my pockets and put my <laughs> microphone over here. Would you mind putting your hands in your pocket, Karen? As I tell you, I swore I was going to belch and it's about to happen. <laughs> She's going to do some Robert Durst belches for us. Just to... Oh, that was a good one. Did you... Did you... Was that really a yeah, book? that was me. That sounded like a fucking horse, I swear to God. I thought you were, like, doing a no. joke burp sound. I'm a lady. That was unbelievable. I had a soda pop. If they want to pay us, I'll say which one it is. <laughs> but I will not. Shit, girl. Otherwise, we don't do branding. <laughs> Otherwise, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ready? Yes. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Well, now I'm just, now I, that's too much pressure. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so December 23rd, mm. super near Christmas, in 1974. A great year for collars and cords. There you go. Bring us back, Karen, to a time. 1974, where the air was filled with lead pollution and everybody had a mustache, even girls. Yeah, you were so. 
You're supposed to beat your children. Yes, you were required. You had to sign a paper when you left uh, the Mm -hmm. hospital with the baby that said, I promise to hit this child in the face every day. Yeah, and And I'll let anyone hit them too. Yeah. It's Strangers, people on the street. They probably deserve it. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so three ladies. Uh, Renee Wilson, she's 14. Rachel Trelika, who's 17. And Julianne Mosley, who's nine go on a shopping trip Mm. for Christmas presents. Can't be good. Nope. No, they were fine. Let's talk about about Ted Bundy. (laughs) Anyway, Vlad the Impaler. (laughs) So these three girls, they go to a upscale mall, the Seminary South Shopping Center. This girl knows it. I hear someone fucking whispering. Uh, In Fort Worth, Texas. Oh. Oh. Have you been? <laughs> I just thought I should make a noise oh. like that. Okay. Uh, they're supposed to be home by 4 p.m. Guess what, Karen? Didn't show up. They didn't show up. They didn't show up. So Renee and Rachel, the older girls, were old friends. Renee asked Rachel to come with her shopping. Um, and then Renee's boyfriend was going to come, but he went to a friend's house. So his little sister, Julie, begs to come. So they bring their, her boyfriend's little sister along. So it's the three of them. They get to the mall. She, Rachel parks her car at the top of the fucking uh, car park, Oldsmobile, and they go shopping. People see them because, and this needs to be our new shirt, she's wearing a shirt that says, Sweet Honesty. What? <laughs> That's 1974 for you. What the fuck? What stoner put that thing together? Sweet. And you know it was like crazy cursive with the Y on the honesty. And then like like three loop de loops. Glitter like all around. Just on the tits. Yeah. No bra. No bra. No bra. Didn't have to. (laughs) 70s tits. Like that's a thing. Yeah. For sure. They were real low. Uh, <laughs> so a, a ton of people see them at the mall people because people see her shirt whatever the fuck um, and then that evening <laughs> families get worried as they do they go out looking for the girl and they find her car where she parked it on the roof of this mall area and in the car the car is locked and inside are the presents oh. so at some point they went to the car put the presents in there locked the car and then what right Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. 
What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill. If you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom, it's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Yes. I don't know. You have to tell me. So they're freaking out. The next day, a letter comes in the mail, and it goes to Rachel's husband's house. Now, Rachel, who was 17 and married... What? What? Yeah. Wait, is that sweet honesty? That's the other one, even. Okay. A 14-year-old is wearing a sweet honesty shirt. Fuck. Ugh. Don't let your babies... (laughs) Grow up to be sweet honesties. (laughs) (laughs) For real. Uh, She's married... Okay. To this dude. All right. Her, this dude, her husband, was dating her older sister beforehand. Look, it happens. Yes. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> they break up. These, her little sister and her boyfriend get married. And then the sister's living with them at the time. What? No. Like, we all know where this is. Like, we know. Wait, is the, are you just talking out an episode of Game of Thrones and saying... <laughs> saying it happened in Fort Worth. Never seen it. No, this is Dallas. I'm talking about Dallas. Uh, yeah, right? Okay. But no. Letter comes in the mail. Why is he checking his fucking mail the day after his wife gets fucking kidnapped? You think he should have avoided that mailbox? I mean, why are you checking it? He loves mail. <laughs> it's the only thing that made him feel better. Fucking catalogs and postcards. Fair enough. Well, he goes to his mailbox and he finds a letter from her, supposedly, from Rachel. Says, I know I'm going to catch it, which is like the cutest phrase I've ever heard in my life. Like catch some shit? I know I'm going to catch it. I know I'm going to catch it. I know I'm going to catch it. (laughs) But we just had to get away. We're going to Houston. See you in about a week. The cars in Sears upper lot. Love, Rachel. Mm-hmm. I right, I know. So like, he gets that letter. Her name is kind of misspelled. His name is Ra- her, her, seriously. Da, da, da. <laughs> her first name is misspelled. Yeah, a little bit misspelled. Yeah. Like, no, it. Ha- I, I look. I've done that so many times. Where it's like K A 
Fuck, what I is want it? to make fun of that, but recently my my manager emailed me and was like, hey, your, uh, your name's spelled wrong and you're real. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I looked at it and it said G-E-O-R-I-G-A. Oh. I fucking spelled my own goddamn name wrong. It was like... Georga. Georga. It's like it's it been like three years and I didn't notice it. <laughs> so well, fair enough. Once you change it, you're gonna get so many jobs. <laughs> People have been like, I wanna hire her for the million dollar thing. But I can't find her. <laughs> her no. name's spelled wrong. No. There goes a million dollars. <laughs> okay. So it does happen. It does. This isn't crazy. It happens. Let's be fair. Uh <laughs> Uh, okay, so her husband was married to the people. The family <laughs> thinks that the the letter they're like that's not her handwriting, and she spelled her fucking name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and in addition, to back that up, <laughs> so uh, they so the stamp had been stamped, you know, like cleared at the thing at the post office. Thank you. Uh, that morning, so someone sent that thing the night before or on the twenty fourth of when it showed up, which I'm like, if you're just, if you just kidnap three people randomly, you're not going to bother to let the family know. No, you kidnap and you get straight to that correspondence. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's to, that's to throw people off. Yeah. That's not like a serial killer who's like grabbing three people and doesn't give a shit, right? No, that's like an anal retentive serial killer. (laughs) That's like a, leave us alone for a minute, right? Serial killer. (laughs) You mean, can I have some privacy yeah, while I write I my letters? Can I have some privacy while I... <laughs> to sit at my secretary's desk and just write out with a feather pen? Like, right after I kidnapped them, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's weird. I get it. All right. So, uh, um, so people saw them that day because clearly she had a sweet honesty shirt on and, like, how are you going to miss that one? A 14-year-old, and a, like, I- that sounds like a stripper name. <laughs> Nothing... I'm not saying there's anything wrong with strippers. It's just a name. Just a name that strippers It's quite, call. it's sweet and honest. So a woman. <laughs> <laughs> a woman tells a store clerk that she saw some men hustle the girls into a pickup truck. But police never located that witness. Another says that the girls had been spotted in a security patrol car. Mm. Um, so in 1981, which was, what, let's do math, which is like so um, many years later. Six, six plus one is seven. years later. Seven. Seven years later. A man, a man randomly comes around and he's like, hey, I saw a girl, I saw, I saw a man forcing them into a van that day. You fucking dick. Like, Where what the were fuck? you? Where were you? Oh, in 81, I just like popped into my head that these fucking girls were being forced into a van. He had so much stuff on his mind. Christmas. There was tons of littering back then. But the guy in the van told him, he goes, hey, it's a family dispute. Don't worry about it. And that's why he never told it till he was, till 81. Yeah. I mean, like, can you, I can't even. Well, because, you know, it was like back then, if your family was fighting about something, you could throw them in a van forcibly at the mall. True. It was done. How many people out here have like seen that and just never told anyone about it? That was a family dispute. Okay. Your family's yeah. psychopaths. Anything, I will call the police just if I see a van. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I'd be like, it's clearly a bread truck. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> call 911. Karen does citizen's arrests all over all town. All the time. They I'm won't exhausted. even believe her now. <laughs> um, her, 
her brother says, Rachel's brother says that there's been sightings all over the Fort Worth area. You know, it's one of those like, they were white slaves, like people keep saying that. Um, some of the sightings were, what happened? Someone doesn't like that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh shit. Someone's <laughs> mad about something we said? <laughs> Uh, okay, and they hired a private detective to look for it. He committed suicide no. in 1979. When your fucking private detective commits suicide, <sighs> like, come on. You're like, no, we're the ones that are mourning. Yeah, and he was like, he had a will that said, like, destroy my records when I die. They destroy the records. Commit suicide, then fucking destroyed records. They're like, you know what? We're just going to sweep all this under the rug. Like, we think that's the way we're going to handle all, all yeah, of this. Yeah, you know this. what we're going to do? We're going to be the, of the 80s. Okay, so these fucking chicks are never found. So wait, sorry, now we're in the 80s? We're uh, that far ahead? No. 79 that happened. I just, I said the 80s as like a thing. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It just seems, I'm not questioning you. <laughs> yes, you are. It's our first fight here in Chicago. <laughs> It's the place to do it. Okay, so they, they were never found. Spoiler alert, I'm sorry, that sucks. It blows. But there's two suspects that I find very interesting. So Mike DeBardellen, Ben. <laughs> Read that. <laughs> Read that. Hold on, let me get my readers. <laughs> Mike DeBardellen, Ben. What'd I say? It Thank really you. is what it says. <laughs> That wasn't just you kind of That was a copy fun. and paste. No, 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 no. That was a copy and paste. So this dude gets arrested for passing counterfeit bills, and then the cops found evidence of sex crimes, including him taking photos of him raping and murdering humans. Ooh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Oh, you didn't know? That's what the whole fucking <laughs> podcast is about. Someone's like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought you were going to talk out the story of the Wizard of Oz. No. It's all this bad. The FBI profilers think that when the face is seen in the photo, uh, he kills them. When the face isn't seen, he allows them to live. It's like, come on, you fucking dick. Um, okay, so here's the, the tie-in, is that he's a convicted Kidnapper, rapist, counterfeiter, and suspected serial killer was the habit of passing counterfeit bills in shopping malls. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, <laughs> he was operating around Texas around that time and was known to impersonate security guards <sighs> and other positions of authority. Remember that chick was like, I saw a security guard driving them in his van, right? Because like who, what girl back then isn't going to like go with... Oh my god, my belt chicken. Go with the security guard. Do it into the microphone next time. Okay. We accept you. My mom is here. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> this is what you raised. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, okay, so a guy comes over and he's like, <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. That's good podcasting right there. Yeah. That's the kind of shit you can't see when you're listening. Yeah, Saeed. Thank you. She's like the David Blaine of paper. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Okay, so, like, back then, you, a guy's like, I saw you shoplifting. I'm, in a, I'm a security guard. And you're like, no, I didn't. And he's like, come with me, you know, and he makes them all come with him. Yeah. You go. It's like he has a blue shirt on with a belt. And then yeah. you're like, oh, I guess you're in charge. Yeah. I guess I have to fucking do whatever you say. There's no stranger danger. There's don't fucking, don't fucking talk back to authority. That's, That's right. That's what that was back then. Yes. So you just get in the car. Yeah. Goodbye. Uh... <laughs> 
Sweet honesty. Sweet honesty. She didn't understand. Mm-hmm. It's actually you should sweet kick him in the dick. <laughs> That's what her should have said. You guys, pepper spray first and fucking apologize later. Right? These days, George's favorite thing to say is, should I pepper spray that guy? It's my, it makes me laugh so hard. I can't remember where we were, but you were just like, do I need to pepper spray this guy? It's like, please don't. Not right now. Why not? <laughs> just spray it around like room freshener. In your mouth. Beyond, beyond, what is it called? Banaka. Banaka. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh-uh. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. So he's known to uh, impersonate serial security guards, not serial killers, <laughs> and other positions of authority. Uh, he lived within a half mile of Rachel, one of the girls who disappeared at the time of the disappearance. And then I wrote, fucked up. He earned the respect of the FBI profilers because he never gave himself away in unguarded moments no, nor bragged about his exploits. So the fucking FBI was like, good on him, that he never told anyone. There, well, it was like a healthy respect for the enemy. Because usually they brag. Like, yeah, but usually. I, I don't respect them for not getting it out of this dude. If their fucking killer is smarter, are we going to, should I not talk shit about the FBI? Probably. I don't. I don't <laughs> it's, it's, it's a sensitive time. Do it, someone yells. You fucking do it. <laughs> Listen, love those guys. I'm just saying this dude was a serial Man, killer. We're going to do a show at the FBI at Quantico. Um, <laughs> Next month. The murder of our government. <laughs> you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, the other dude, who I think is just the fucking dude, uh, Lloyd Welch, is a drifter and a hitchhiker. Lord? Lloyd. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. That would be cool, though. He's like a lord. Lord Welch. <laughs> but in Texas. Lord of the bad manners. Because he... <laughs> the bad manners. <laughs> That's what gets cut out, usually. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> he's recently been charged around that. Oh, so recently around now, he's been charged with the murder of the Lion Sisters. There's two girls. You're shaking your head. I can see it. Catherine, who is 10, and Sheila, who is 12, disappears from a Maryland mall in 1975. Oh, okay, it's exact same. M.O. M.O. <laughs> At the time of his arrest. Hell no. Hell. <laughs> At the time of his arrest, he's serving a lengthy prison sentence in Delaware for child sexual abuse. So he's a real fun guy. Ugh. Like a prize. Yeah. Mom is proud. Good stuff. So in December 2014, here's another fucking asshole. <laughs> Welch's cousin tells detectives that he had helped Welch so that they never found the, the Lion Sisters. They were like, "Where you know, these girls got kidnapped from a mall. Never found them. In 2014, Welch's cousin is like, well, one time I helped him with two heavy duffel bags in oh. 1975. Dude! It gets worse! They met at a property in Virginia. He said he helped to remove two army-style duffel bags from Welch's vehicle. Each bag weighed about 60 or 70 pounds and smelled like death. What the fuck? It was probably camping equipment. It gets musty. You know how when your cousins ask you to help you burn or bury something and you're like, I'm just not asking questions. I mean, look, we're all cousins. We have to be at Thanksgiving together. Just be chill. It'd be so awkward if I'm like, what's in these? And you're like, I don't want to tell you. Come on, don't unzip that. It's my, it's my murder duffel. He tells, he tells in 2014, and then, oh, and he said, further, the bags were covered in red stains. It's probably Kool-Aid. 
Was he blind and deaf? <laughs> and then at tw- in 2014, he came to... He yeah, came it all snapped the- back, yeah. miraculously. And, okay, so Lloyd Welch happens to be... Uh, he happens to work at the time. He's like a drifter, but he worked for a traveling carnival company. Guess where they set up all the time in the 70s? Inside a duffel bag? <laughs> <laughs> no. Where? In malls. <laughs> And he was in Austin, Texas until around 75. This carnival set up in malls from the mid-70s to 97. I'm just trying to picture a, a mall carnival, and it's like oh, honey. bumming oh. me out yeah. so bad. Yeah. You know, your parents always wore, like, they were always like, those rides are going to kill you. They also didn't say, those ride people are going to kill you. Yes, <laughs> right. Basically, everything over there is going to kill you. Yeah. Everything your, your mom, like, your parents told you to worry about, and you were like, you're being annoying. And, no, they'll kill you. They're dead on. Yeah. Dead on. It's so annoying when your parents are right. Yeah. Uh, so in, 20, in July 2015, Welch is indicted, charged with the girl's murder. His uncle is a person of interest. Yeah. <laughs> the devil bad guy? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> Okay, so here's another thing. So he's in malls, blah, blah, blah. His longtime girlfriend at the time dated for over 10 years. Uh, we're always on the road together, et cetera, et cetera. She was a security guard at a mall. Oh, like for the real deal? Yeah. Borrowed her outfit. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Stole those kids. You Did know you get it. Dance moves. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then in 2001, a, secure, a former Sears security guard and Fort Worth police officer gives a chilling account. He says that he witnessed girls climb into a pickup truck of a young mall security guard and that they appeared to go with him willingly. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, that's just fucked. Yeah. Never found. Never found in the other two girls that were murdered. That was never prosecuted Yeah, but do either. we know that the husband and sister weren't involved? The brother thinks that the sister was involved. I'd like to bring all of Texas up on charges for this story. <laughs> There's kind of, no one's innocent in this, I it think seems like. you wouldn't be wrong. But also, if, so wait, somebody had, uh, the girlfriend was a real security guard, so they could have been borrowing badges and shit and stuff to totally. make it look real. Totally. Or maybe she was compli- complicit? Complicit. Maybe she was complicit and fucking was like, get in my car, girls. And they got in her car. You know? Yeah. All right, so don't go to the mall. Don't talk to security don't. guards. Don't. Don't wear your sweet honesty shirt. No sweet ever honesty again. anymore. Stop it. Don't do it. Um, I have to say, those cold cases drive me crazy. I know, I there's love them. No, I know. That's your favorite. There's just no. We should set up like a red phone on stage in case somebody finds out. And they it can comes call through. Us immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Ring through and be like, Lloyd Welch. Oh my God. Oh, God. good, you guys. And then, um, and then like the balloons drop and confetti comes yes. down. And we all dance and dance. <laughs> oh. uh, well, good one. That was a good one. Thank you. Um, clap for George's. <laughs> Where are you going? What? Oh, <laughs> I thought you were leaving. I was just giving you t- your time in the spotlight. Oh, yeah. Stool. <laughs> maybe sorry. We, can I'm we sorry maybe to say a, that about your stool. That's it. Stand and stand and deliver. I'm gonna stand and stare stand at you. Stand and like deliver. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I I did a very pandery thing, and I picked a Chicago murderer. <laughs> you think you're better than me? 
What's that? I said, you think you're better than me? <laughs> That's right. Uh, but also, because there were so many choices. <laughs> a lot of people love, they love to talk about how, like, the Pacific Northwest, oh, you have so many murders in San Francisco. Hello, Chicago. You yeah. guys want to kill everybody. <laughs> Chicago just doesn't brag about it. That's right. <laughs> They're just low-key. Yeah. Like, yeah, well. They're just like, yeah, let's go have a beer. I don't need to talk about that. <laughs> well, how are you doing? More importantly, we don't need to talk about the torso murders. How are you doing? <laughs> I've all killed it. No, that's not here. Never no, mind. that's go Cleveland. On. Anyway. Um, so it was, there right. was a lot. It's lippy. Um, there was a lot of choices uh, to choose from, and there was a lot of favorites, but I actually had to go with this is my original, the reason I got into reading serial killer books and watching true crime shows, fucking John Wayne Gates. And I know this because she accidentally told me in the hotel room. I, it slipped out in the hotel room. What, what was the context of that? You were talking about how the, the, the hotel concierge was like, you had to print out your notes. Oh, yeah. And they she was like, if me. you like John Wayne Gacy, you'll love this tour. And, and then I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I said. Nothing, there was nothing yeah, so else So I don't revealed. know the deets. Yeah. But I'm about to hear them. You're about to hear them. And uh, you may have heard me say this before, but the first thing I ever saw about right. John Wayne Gacy, because if you know, he buried the bodies of teenage boys that he murdered inside his house. And when the police arrested him, finally, and uh, he, he was able to draw a diagram of his house, and he knew where every single boy was in the house, and there were 27 of them. I bet the FBI didn't respect him after that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they were like, oh, look a- at Braggy Braggerstein <laughs> over there. Take it easy. So I saw, um, when I was like probably 12, I opened a book. Uh, <laughs> Good age to uh, see this shit. It's a perfect age for true crime. Uh, opened a book and they had drawn, based on the diagram that John Wayne Gacy had drawn, they had, because be- he, they just used um, like long rectangles to show where the bodies were. And some artist had basically drawn body shapes like Mm. it almost looked like a chalk outline but like body shapes in a house diagram so that's I like was oh childhood and you know Joni loves Chachi and fucking this and that and I look down at this thing and I'm like why are those boys floating in those boxes and then I read underneath it and it's like uh you know 27 bodies were buried inside this house and I was just like okay now I know that and now I must know more. <laughs> and I won't stop. Adding that to Charlotte's Web and all the shit you already know. <laughs> That's right. Some pig. Um, so let's talk about fucking good old John. Um, also, the middle name Wayne yeah. is very common in serial killer world, which I think is kind of great that he that? got in there. I don't know, but he... They named him John Wayne Gacy because his mom loved John Wayne, the actor. Red flag. <laughs> right? Not a good sign. No. That she loved film. Uh, <laughs> so John Wayne Gacy was born on March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, 1942, at Edgewater Hospital in Chicago, Illinois. Anyone? Uh, Edgewater? Anyone else? You, you guys born work there? there or, were you also born there with him? Uh, 
Uh, he was the second of three children. He had an older sister and a younger sister. And his father was a machinist who had been in uh, World War I, and he was a very bad alcoholic. So um, the story was that his dad would come home from work, and he would go down into the basement oh, and dear. drink brandy, which sounds classy. Um, <laughs> But they would have, they would, the mom would make dinner and then they will all sit at the dinner table and wait for him to come upstairs and see how he felt. Well, I bet when he came up, he was real happy and everyone was like, we can finally talk about Brandy. (laughs) Well, no. Oh, God. Instead, normally he would come up drunk and very angry and he would beat them with a strap um, for dinner. So... Uh, I'm good tonight on strap. You know, I'm so full of strap from last night, Dad. You can give it to her, though, yeah. if you want. She's real hungry, um, her strap. And part of what they say, they think what fueled his rage is that John was basically a mama's boy, mm. and he liked that, you know, the father was into fishing and hunting and man, man, man. And John liked to cook and he liked to be in the kitchen with his mom. He liked planting flowers in the garden. Things that in like the late 40s apparently brought deep shame upon you and your ancestors and were unacceptable and made you drink brandy and beat children. So, <laughs> it sounds uh, like the norm back then though, you know? Yeah. I think it is. It's like everybody has to fit into their box, and if you don't, I'm going to punch you in the face even though you're eight. (laughs) All right. Um, And then I wrote down there, toxic masculinity ruins the party again. (laughs) Can't wait to see that meme. Then when when John was nine, he was molested by a family friend. And then when he was 11, he was hit in the head with... A baseball bat? (laughs) What? With a swing. With a swing. Exactly like Richard Ramirez. With a swing. You know what bums me? Like, he got to nine. He was so fucking close to, like, not getting molested. (sighs) Like, you're so close. And then some fucking shitty neighbor, like Uh, your dad's fucking work friend, friend, comes along. Um, So close to getting... And then a fucking swing. Yeah. Were they, like... And that swing. Were they not in a metal back then? (laughs) They probably were made out of, like, seven pounds of metal. (laughs) I'm like, this will really center this swing nicely. Yeah. And it's lead, so if you lick it, you're going to die. <laughs> uh, uh, so, but he also had a bad heart, so he was prone to fainting spells, uh-huh. which didn't help with the whole also gardening and cooking thing. I'm like, saying, he's uh-huh. just like taking five every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> type of stuff. And the, uh, so he just felt, he's all fucked up. Uh, (laughs) Then to add to the household tension, John had a secret fetish for women's underwear. So he would steal his mother's silk panties and put them, hold on, in a bag, (laughs) and in a brown bag in the back of the closet. And he would, that was his, like, Panty stash, mommy's panty stash. That said, he just stashed them. He's well. I'm. I mean, who am I to say that he masturbated all over them? Um, that's what I was looking for. That's hearsay. Yes, because I am. I have a fetish for panties. I 
I buy a bunch of them and I wear them as underwear. Not the same. You know, Victoria's whatever the fuck. You buy a bunch of them and then stick them in a brown bag no. and tuck them into the back of your no, closet. No, I don't. Do, I don't do that. And then I kill people. Yeah. So he he told one of his friends that he he had them. He showed them to a friend of his and then said he wanted. He wished he could know what he looked like as a woman. Oh, um, never trust anyone. So then his sister found that brown bag yeah. in the closet and she told the mom and the mom was like oh Johnny's always had a fetish for oh. panties so she was quite progressive actually which is very nice to hear yeah. but not helpful in any way <laughs> so oh. Uh, okay, so when he so he w- had a hard time in school. He wasn't popular. He fainted a lot. Mm. He was always thinking about those underwear. <laughs> and then he would, uh, when he was nine, he never graduated from high school. He went to four different high schools around the greater metropolitan area. Um, and then he never graduated. And when he was nineteen, he just left town. He moved to Las Vegas without telling his family. Well, sounds like what you're supposed to do. Yeah. when you live in the Midwest. That's right. Bye. <laughs> No, I mean, like, get out of your small town. I don't mean, not you guys. They just all come rushing to the stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't worry, they'll fall into the orchestra pit. <laughs> We're totally safe. Ah, ah. Um, so here's the thing. So he gets a job in Las Vegas, and, like, I was thinking about this. Like, the first job you get out of high school, it's usually based on the thing you kind of like the most or the thing that you're into. So, like, I worked at a yogurt shop because I fucking yeah. love eating so much. I worked at a bakery. Did you? Yeah. And, well, John uh, became a janitor at a mortuary. Oh. Yeah. Because it was his passion. Oh, dear. The dead. And he actually later admitted to the police that when he worked there one night, uh, he... That's no, right. No. He got into a coffin with a, the body of a dead boy and fondled it. <gasps> it gets so much worse. <laughs> There's 47 pages right here. <laughs> a lot of this is my poetry I'm going to read later. Um, all right. His parents actually hire a private investigator to find him, Whoa. and they find him in Vegas. My parents wouldn't do that. I know, right? <laughs> They'd be like, well, good luck. <laughs> I mean, if you've got to be in Vegas fondling dead bodies, then live your dreams. Um, he came back to Chicago, and he went to business college, and it turned out he was a born salesman because he is a psychopath. Uh, right? We're learning as we talk yeah. on this podcast all about terminology and what it actually means as opposed to what I think it means and say it means yeah. to a whole shitload of people. And then people, we didn't know, we're learning that people believe us when we say shit. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I think we've taught like uh, psychosis, I've mixed up psychosis and psychopath. Uh, so I, I, I had the thing where I told people that 25% of the population were sociopaths. People do and then not in Corrections like Corner, she said that it was only one quarter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was like, it. okay. I didn't I fucking it. question. Everything's fine. You know, anyone can do a podcast, right? Anybody. Yeah, anyone gets Talking a podcast. Anyone. It's true. So, but for this, I looked it up. 
uh, because clearly we know that these these major players uh, are usually psychopaths, and their thing is that they're very ambitious. It's like they just want to get ahead. They're very very charming, which apparently John Wayne Gacy was very charming and like had the gift of gab. He's really he's very, you know like he just made people feel very comfortable, mm. and then he had an insatiable sexual appetite. So he was kind of always doing things so that he could. Those all sound so, like, time-consuming. <laughs> you know? Like, it makes me want to take a nap. Yeah, he had to, he had to like, take vitamins yeah, and just really, ugh. like, make sure you got enough water and stuff. You know what's just, great is taking a nap with a cat. Like, I don't know. You don't need to be super sexual or talky or fucking cool. You can just relax. You can just go to sleep. Yeah. Well, not John, <laughs> as far as I know. I mean, good for him, kind of. What if he was, like, a crazy cat lady? He's like, oh, my God, I have, like, 12 cats. I love it. Um... <laughs> He worked at the Nun Bush Shoe Company here in Chicago. Anyone? No. Whoo! Oh, Karen. Did they shut it down? Stephen, can we edit that out? <laughs> Stephen, can we turn that part up? <laughs> Where no one supported me. <laughs> um... He was very good at it, and he ended up getting transferred to Springfield, Illinois. Oh, um, big time. Right? Are you representing from S- Springfield? No. Well, you then, the what fuck the fuck are you there, doing? Right? I was fucking right. Um, and he joined a group called the JCs. Um, you can cheer for it. Now I just don't believe was that you're actually The John it. Gacy's? The, the J- they're all John Gacy's? No, the JCs. Oh. That's oh. JG's. Fuck. Sorry. I mean, Mom, this is your fault. <laughs> Jesus. The JCs, from what I can gather, which there is almost no information, I think they might be the Illuminati because it just is a website, a weird blue website that's like, we're a nonprofit organization with the help of the city. And it's like, what? but why? And based on who? And like, there's no answers. Just young people in jackets that are like, the JCs. <laughs> So he was in the JCs and he made a lot of like contacts and like, you know, I guess made friends or whatever. Very active. And that's when you hear about John Wayne Gacy that he was like, um, you know, he lived this crazy double life because he was all successful and, you know, was in parades and shit. Well, I think it was like, it was based in the JCs. That's how it started. And uh, <laughs> he was uh, so. On, in February 1964, he meets a shy bookkeeper, um, and a year later, he marries her, and she has a very wealthy family, it turns out. He, it's an incredibly beneficial marriage to him. I want to say a, a shy bookkeeper as to what bookkeepers are usually like, which is fucking out of control. So. Yeah. A lot of theater students become bookkeepers. Yeah, and then... So she's wealthy. Yeah. And okay. so he's like, that's so weird, I'm in love with you. Um... <laughs> What a, what a great coincidence. So later that year, so they get married in, uh, oh no, sorry, they meet in February of 64. They get married soon after. And then later that year, oh, this is, I, this is mathematically impossible. Shit. <laughs> later, the, it's, I have later that same year while his wife is in the hospital giving birth to their first child, but I'm pretty sure no. Unless, but he could have knocked her up before. Ooh, girl. John, you dog. Um, basically, 
she gets pregnant with her first child. She's in the hospital giving birth. You know, back then, I was like, men didn't have to be oh, in the no. delivery room. They weren't, you know, they were smoking cigars. Women didn't even have to be there. They just, like, knocked you the fuck out. That's right. <laughs> You're like, baby. Let me know when the baby comes. Well, he actually was at a bar around the corner with one of his co-workers Sounds who right. he ended up fucking that night <gasps> while his wife was giving birth, wakes up in the apartment the next day, gets dressed, goes to the hospital, and holds his newborn son. Uh... Yeah, so this is the beginning of his double life. And uh, then in 1966, his father-in-law says, if you move to Waterloo, Iowa, I will... (laughs) I will kill you (laughs) from the audience. (laughs) She's just scared because she was thinking about something that happened earlier. There was a a spider. There was a spider on her seat. Yeah, there was a spider. the father-in-law says, if you move to Waterloo, Iowa, you can have three Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurants. Oh, my God. Am I right? With the fucking Waterloo chicken? I would do that. So, he goes there to manage... These tw- he's 24 Holy at this point. Holy shit. And the funniest thing is when you watch these... I mean, there's a million, uh, uh, what do you call it, documentaries about him. He always looks 53. Yeah. Like, from... <laughs> From fucking jump, when there's pictures of him as a boy, you're like, is that the oldest boy in America? (laughs) He's just... At the Kentucky Fried Chickens, they say he's like a good manager and he does very well in the job, but he makes his employees call him the colonel. (laughs) Uh. What a fucking nerd. Can you believe... if I was standing there with my dumb apron on, like working at Kentucky Fried Chicken, he's like, I'm your new manager, but you gotta call me the Colonel. I'd be like, See you fucking later, Colonel. I don't work here anymore. But you know, he thinks it's like fun and like, You can call me this, but every time you don't, he's like, Call me I this. I said, Call me the Colonel. <laughs> and she comes home from a hard day of work and she's like, My 24 year old fucking boss, I'm 53. I just spit. Keeps telling me to call him the fucking Colonel. He also loves boys. Um, yeah, so. He quickly becomes a well-liked uh, member of the community. That's what he does, what he's good at. He Pass. joins uh, the JCs in Waterloo. They're everywhere. Now you're going to see them everywhere. Um, it eventually turns into Scientology. Uh, <laughs> and they said he became the most valuable member of the JCs because he got put in charge. He was the, chair, the chairman of the membership drive. And what he would do is, to get people to join the JCs would have them meet um, in a motel room and show stag movies and bring prostitutes and have orgies. That sounds amazing. And then people would be like, sure, I'll join the fucking JCs. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, like, what did it take to become the most valuable, valuable member back then? It was I, just... just like some money for prostitutes. Oh, yeah. Fucking sex workers, sorry. Sex workers. Back then, I think they were prostitutes. Um... So historical. So, yeah. oh, then his sister in one of these documentaries talks about she finds out when they go visit them one time that him and his wife swap partners, like that they're, they're that they're what is that called? Um, uh, swingers. They're swingers, <laughs> like Vince Vaughn and his. We don't friend. even know what that means. <laughs> Uh, and so we're like kind of proud of it. He tells his sister when they're visiting. I was like, yeah, we're going to go to this party tonight, but we might go home with other people. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know you're both gross, right? <laughs> you know I know about the underwear in the bag, right? Yeah. And then he's voted the JC's Man of the Year. So call me Colonel. Um, 
so then in when he's in Waterloo, he ends up his wife goes out of town, he invites the 15-year-old son of a fellow JC and a state senator over to the house to watch a stag film and oh. get drunk and he molests this boy. No shit. And <laughs> uh, then he told him, you can't tell on me because uh. I have ties to the mafia in Chicago. Here's 50 bucks. Keep your mouth shut. And it works oh for a little God. while. It works for long enough so that he uh, molests a second boy. Fuck. And then finally, one boy breaks and then the other one does and he gets... Uh, Arrested and he gets sent to prison probation for, for ten years. Okay. Um, the prison psychiatrist recommends that he not be released uh, ever, as he was a sexual sadist and could never be rehabilitated. Uh, and, but he was so well behaved that they, he served eighteen months. Oh! Yay! Fucking fuck, man. His wife divorces him. She's like, <laughs> yeah. the swinging thing was one thing, yeah. but what the fuck? Oh so he God. goes back to Chicago. While he's in jail, his father dies, has a heart attack and dies. And he's convinced it's because of what he did, which is probably true. <laughs> um, so he goes and moves in. His mother helps him buy a house and they move in together. And he's like trying to, you know, make good on all of his bad behavior. Um, good luck with that. So they buy a house at 8213 West Summerdale Avenue in the Norwood Wood Park. Anyone area. live there at that house? But for real, though, you can't cheer if you don't actually live there. <laughs> um, and we're all going there right now. <laughs> Woo! Uh, Ow. And then in June of 1971, he starts his infamous contracting company uh, business, I should say, called PDM, which stands for Painting, Decorating, and Maintenance. What does it really stand for? Pedophile. Penis. <laughs> Karen. Just, it stands for penis, but he put DM after just uh, to throw people off. And here's the thing. He basically only bought hires teenage boys uh, to work for him. Red flag. And when, I mean, really, and when anybody asks him about it, he's like, they're more reliable than grown men. Uh-huh. <laughs> teenage boys in the 70s. All right. <laughs> okay. There's mo- like literal movies made about teenage boys in the 70s. Being unreliable. Being unreliable. <laughs> so, okay, so in January of 1972, when he is 29, 61, um, <laughs> He picks up, uh, he's single now, so he doesn't have to, no one's checking on him. I don't think his, his mother's really paying attention. Party. Um, so one night he goes to the Greyhound bus station and he picks up a teenage runaway named Tim McCoy. And he takes him back to his house where they party, they have sex. Um, it's a, they believe that part was consensual, but then Gacy grabs a kitchen knife and stabs him to death. So this is his first l- l- kill. And um, he is also the first body that's buried in the crawl space. Um, and shit. because he was a runaway, no one ever knew the boy was missing, Aww. so the cops were never alerted. Um, Poor baby. So then, well, the next line is, then he remarries a woman named Carol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very easy for him to date for some reason. It's so funny how much more these people have their shit together than you and I. Like, it's just... You mean me. You're married. No, I mean us. No, I heard. I heard what you're I'm saying. I'm married by us. The string of my teeth. What did they say? <laughs> I mean... Uh, 
It was a friend of his sister's from high school. And his, the sister, of, again, in a documentary, is like, I mean, I didn't really see, you know, them together, but, you know, they seem happy, so... And it's just like, oh, all right. Uh, so basically, he's just using her as body armor and yeah. then just, like, going about his day. Mm-hmm. So in 1975 uh, is when he starts dressing up infamously as Pogo the Clown. Now, everybody's seen the pictures, but if you haven't... If you're from Norway or whatever, um, <laughs> has anyone? Wow! <laughs> <laughs> um, they don't do that. He dressed up as a clown, but he did the makeup. And there's like a, a rule in clown makeup where everything has to be rounded, everything circular and rounded and like fun because you're staring into the face of children. <laughs> and Pogo the clown, and you know John they say like round shit. They love round shit. <laughs> Donuts and cookies and fucking clown eyes. Um, but John Wayne Gacy's clown makeup is pointy, pointy, pointy. It's the scariest thing. It's truly like a it's clown nightmare. Illuminati, Illuminati, <laughs> right? Fucking death trap. Light swastika on the forehead. So bad. Okay, so in I 76, agree. after three years of marriage, his wife leaves him. Um, just because. You know, she just didn't feel like it yeah. anymore. I'm just not feeling it. So there's this story, and this guy, this guy, Tony Antonucci, tells the story on one of the documentaries. He was 16 at the time. He was working at the contracting company. John Wayne Gacy invites him over, because this was the thing. It would be like, come up to my house and let's smoke a joint, and we'll have a couple drinks, and we'll hang out. And then when the teenage boys would get there, he would be... So this guy was a high school wrestler. So John Wayne Gacy's like, oh, come on, Mr. Wrestler, show me your wrestling moves. And the guy's like, okay. That's such a thing. Yes. It's a real. All of that. It's a real thing. Yeah, because then you're high, and then you're like, "Well, I'm not going to say no to my boss who wants me to wrestle." Yeah, with him. and then suddenly you're. You can though. Just yeah. know you that. You guys. You can literally just put the joint down and be like, yeah. "I'll see you tomorrow." Yeah. You don't need to drink with older people. <laughs> I don't know. Like anyone, my parents are older than me, and I drink with them. It's fine. Something about you know something is there's something deep. There's there. something in there. It's just no. We're yeah, gonna dig around. Just go that. with it for sure. You don't need to drink with older people. <laughs> the age Just pepper range. spray everyone. Yes. <laughs> so basically, he challenges him to a wrestling match, and when uh, they're, while they're wrestling, he throws a handcuff on one of <gasps> Tony's wrists, and he tries to get the other wrist handcuffed. Oh fuck! And he's fighting him and fighting him. Oh no! And then he thinks he gets him. So. Uh, Gacy leaves the room, and then Tony, what had happened is like, he fought him so much that the handcuff was only clicked to like the first thing. So he was able to pull his hand out of the handcuff, but then when Gacy walked back in the room, he kept his hand back behind mm-hmm. his back so it still looked like he was handcuffed. Mm-hmm. And so when Gacy came over to him, he fucking took him down. He Fuck did like yeah. a wrestling move, took him down to the ground. Hell yeah. And Gacy goes, oh, you passed the test. <gasps> So then Tony's like, oh, okay. And then he just kept working for him. Oh. Yeah. I wanted that to end better. Um, I mean, he's, he was alive to tell the story, Fair. so that's good. That's true. But it was that thing where he was like, you know, it's, it's your boss, yeah. and you just, you want, it was a good job. They were probably making, you know, a good amount of money for And it's such a weird story that there's no way to explain it to someone mm-hmm. and, and, and sound, like now you'd be like, this thing happened, and yeah. that would be a classic assault but now but then it was just like he's just goofing around yeah 
you know, we got high in that thing where your boss wrestles you and <laughs> handcuffs you. Yeah. Didn't you work at the Gap? That happened to you once at the Gap, right? <laughs> yes, it happens all the time. It's normal. Um, all right, so basically... This is, this is his, it turns out that this becomes Gacy's MO. It's either the handcuff trick or the magic rope trick. The magic rope trick was he would say, oh, I'm going to show you this magic rope trick. And it was all around the fact that he was Pogo the Clown. So he'd like, like I'm a clown, I have these tricks. I'm going to show you the tricks. Oh, no. So it's such a nightmare. You're like kind of high, like, yeah. okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, even just the clown stuff, I'd be like, I'm sorry, I just had an emergency call. I have to leave. Like, <laughs> they didn't have phones back then, right? <laughs> That's right. They couldn't. They just had to sit oh. there in their down vest being like, cool, man. Yeah. Um, the fucking rope trick, oh, the no. magic rope trick is they stand there and he goes, so this is what I do. And then he would just throw a rope around their neck and fucking strangle them. Ah! To death. That was the magic rope trick. So no. it was quick and bad. Oh, God. So the problem was that he hired these boys and a lot of them are written off as runaways when they would disappear. Oh, um, oh and, man. And oftentimes it would come to him. So they'd be like, oh, he worked for you. Yeah. Have you seen him lately? And Tony Antonucci tells in one of those stories, he said he was supposed to meet um, this boy, John Zick. And John Zick never showed up for the job they were supposed to go do together. And then Gacy came up and goes, he called me and he said that he went to... Um, uh, Cabo San Lucas. Yep. Yeah. Because that's where you go when you're a teenager. When you're a teenager. By yourself. I'm just going to go. I'm going to quick seize. I just need to go down to, to the Riv- Mexican Riviera Real for quick. a while. Yeah. I'm going to go. I just need to take it easy. Goodbye. So, oh, uh, man. So at this point, oh, and also around this time, Gacy also put red lights in his car and would, when he would see a target, he would pull them over and say that he was an <gasps> undercover cop and that he was... Um, had to bring them in, he would handcuff them, and then he would have them. Never pull your car over when you're getting followed by a cop. <laughs> tell, them I, tell them I said that. Um, and when the cop comes to your window, you yeah. should pepper spray him in the <laughs> eye. Yes. Um, which is also the thing the Hillside Stranglers did. They, they posed as cops and pulled women over and would be like, you have a bunch of tickets, yeah. get into our car. Which is why you actually, I mean, I'm not fucking bullshitting now. You do want to pull over in a well-populated area. Yes. You don't want to, if, you're, if some cop is stopping you on a fucking de- deserted road, you're fucking getting off on the next stop in parking in a McDonald's You know park. what you're doing? Lot. You're high-speed chasing it. <laughs> Bye. To a ball of Tell them kind. your mother sent you. <laughs> Karen in Georgia. So... Around this time, it, at this point, he's been getting away with murder for six years. Jesus. At the end of 1977, he'd killed 19 boys. Fuck. And by 1978, he was committing a murder every two to three weeks. Holy shit. Your town. I can't even vacuum every two to three I weeks. I mean, you <laughs> So much dog hair on all my clothes at totally. all times. Me too. The I only can't. reason we don't have it is because we packed these. I bought this here. <laughs> um, all right. So his last victim, this was in December 1978, and it was 15-year-old Robert Peast, and he worked part-time at a drugstore in Des Plaines. Des Plaines. Des Plaines? Des Plaines? Des Plaines? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> So his mom, this uh, Robert Peace's mom is in the parking lot to pick him up when his shift is over, but he goes, hold on a second, 
I met this guy who has a better job for me, and it's, it's a really good paying job. I'll be right back. And he never comes back. <gasps> they go out into the parking lot after 15 minutes, and he's nowhere to be seen. But here's the thing. And this is where, if you've ever seen, there's a movie where Brian Dennehy plays John Wayne Gacy, and you have to see it. It's so crazy. Because he was a crazy drunk and on pills. So by this point, he's been doing it and getting away with it for so long. He's like sloppy as hell. Yeah. He thinks no one's ever going to catch him. And he's just really sloppy. So the people in this drugstore knew who John Wayne oh, Gacy was. The guy who always offers kids jobs, probably. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, Pogo the Clown's here again. <laughs> It's that guy who wears a sweet honesty t-shirt all the time. <laughs> I brought it back around. Did yeah, you see that? Thank yeah. you. It's called a bring it back around. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, so anyway, they file a missing persons report. He is not a runaway. They can't blame it on any of that shit. This, was a, this boy was an Eagle Scout, um, a loving family. So uh, the cops, they trace it back to Gacy. The cops go to his house to question him at 3.30 in the morning when they finally trace it back. Aww. And he's super pissy. He's like really bitchy to the cops. Um, I would be. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It, they, they go to his house like at night, normal time, and he's really bitching. He's like, I, I will come down to the station. I'll come down to talk to you. He shows up at 3.30 in the morning at the police station covered in mud. Um, so they're like, could you take a seat in here, please? <laughs> we just have a couple questions to ask you. What and the fuck? <laughs> and they finally do a background check and see that he was convicted for sodomy in Iowa. And they're finally like, I think we've got this the guy. So yeah, but can I just say that sodomy is a bullshit charge that they because they didn't give him the. F you guys, never mind. What? <laughs> it's just a thing where they like didn't want to charge him with child molestation or give him a real fucking charge. They gave him 18 months because they gave him sodomy instead, which like. Anyone could get sodomy. <laughs> That's not what I mean. That's right. That's right. And if you're not comfortable with that, maybe it's your problem. <laughs> yeah. They detain him at the police station. I mean, it. I don't know what to say. <laughs> okay. They detain him at the police station. They go and search Gacy's home and they find a trapdoor that leads down to the crawl space. And then a cop crawls down into the crawl space and they're like, there sure is a lot of lime down here. Mm, and they limes. just come back up. They didn't find anything. They came. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone said no. No, there's more in this paper, I swear to God. So, what they do find is a bunch of jewelry that does not belong to him. And one of the things that they found was a class ring with the initials JC inside it. And they trace that ring back to John Zick. His last name is spelled so insanely. It's C-Z-Y-S-Z-K or something like that. I just wrote it Z-I-C-K because I couldn't deal. Um, <laughs> But they basically see, they trace the ring, they get John's name, they go to the Zick home, and they say, the mother tells them he's been missing since January 20th, 1977. And they're like, ding, 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 here we go. This is our guy. Um, so then they start, they stake him out. And they have to get, they have to get a search warrant for his house. Uh, so while they're waiting, they put the surveillance team on his house. 
And Gacy is doing things like leading them on long, uh, medium speed chases till dawn. Or like... He doesn't even know anyone's following him. No, 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 he does. He's doing it on purpose. Or he's like buying them dinner. Like the, the, yeah. they're out there, you know, like trying to order food or whatever. And then he just picks up the tab. Like he's fucking around like he's, there's, he can't ever get caught. Um, but they get a second search warrant. And uh, that's when... Oh, no, sorry. He invited them in for a fish dinner. Uh-huh. And um, while the, the two cops were inside, one of them said, could I use your, use your restroom? And when the cop goes into the restroom, he, uh, they said it was around Christmas time, so the heater was on. Mm-hmm. And the cop walked into the bathroom. I keep saying restroom, but it's a home. Um, <laughs> he goes into the bathroom and smells death. Wow. And he's like, this. <laughs> what? Did you hear that? What? I just heard a ghost. Um, uh, he like the heater, came, the heating vent came on. Sorry. That's when we found out Karen was crazy out of yeah, her mind. Totally insane. <laughs> um, the heater Ew. vent came on, the air came out, and it was the smell of death. And he uh, knew that this this was they had to search this house basically. Oh my god. So uh, so essentially, bleep bleep bleep. <laughs> sorry. Oh, what they, how they finally got him was he had driven to a gas station and like dropped off a bag of pot to somebody. So mm. they got him on this really dumb charge, but they were able to hold him at the police station. They got the second warrant. They go into the house. They go into the crawl space. And after 15 minutes, because they, they, they just didn't take enough time the first yeah. time. After 15 minutes, they're like, we have three bodies down <gasps> here. And then it's on like Donkey Kong. Um... <laughs> And eventually they find in, in, those, in that crawl space 20, the 27 bodies Fuck. of young men and boys. Um, I feel so bad for those cops that had to do uh. all that shit up. It, it's so, even just the old footage is so upsetting looking. <gasps> I have seen it. It's, yeah, you have to look at it. Was it, his mom just playing solitaire the whole time or something? Uh, she, no, she died oh. at some point. <laughs> I almost said... She's like, what's that, Johnny? I didn't hear you come in. No, I, I don't want to do the handcuff trick again. I don't want to. <laughs> you know, you did that to me. I Here fell my for undies. it. <laughs> uh, so there's 27 bodies in the house, and then he admits that there are also six he dumped in the river, <sighs> and that's when he was covered in mud at the police station. He had just dumped Robert Peast's body he basically dumped it and went straight to the police Jesus. station. Jesus, I mean... He stands trial in February of 1980. He never shows an ounce of remorse. Um, they put the victim's family members and friends on the stand uh, so everybody sees all of these boys and oh. all of their family and all the people that were affected. Um, and in three hours, the jury finds him guilty on all counts. He's sentenced to death. And after 14 years of appeals, he's put to death on May 10th, 1994. His last words were kiss my ass oh um, he's a good guy and his last meal was kentucky fried no. chicken that's right that's cool i mean no it's awful that's, i don't know i kind of like it i know um and then they destroyed that house which no. i when i first saw the footage of that they like pulled the whole fucking thing down and then i was like that's a bit dramatic and then i was like <laughs> what am i talking about like that, what real estate could sell? Yeah. Real estate agent could sell that fucking house. I like that killing twenty-seven people isn't traumatic, but them tearing the house down. Tearing the house down. I was like, stop it, you guys! On. You're being nuts. You're being uh, what's the word? 
dramatic. Yes. <laughs> and that's Sean Wayne Gacy. Good job, Chicago. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, yeah, we might need. We might have time for one hometown murder. Do we have one? Is there a way to turn the lights on for one second? You have to jump over the orchestra pit, I'm though, if you're going to say it. If you're going to do it. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye it's someone's birthday yeah hold on a second because it's someone's birthday there's two people's birthday. Karen, look, there's Elvis's face. You have to stand up. The pointing, the pointing doesn't Karen, work. Look. What's happening? That's Elvis's face. What the fuck? Holy shit. I thought it was empty up there. It's not. Oh my God, hi. Look. I, I think it was hoping right there. I couldn't stand it. Hey, that's there's exciting. a thing. No, that's not. Hi. Nope. Okay. Oh. Uh, does anyone have a hometown that's like really good though? If someone's pointing at you and they're okay. 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 How do we? Um. <laughs> um. This was. We should have thought this through. Can she walk over and around really quick? Yeah. No. There, here, they're like, we hate you. There's someone standing over there. Someone must be in charge. <laughs> Who's in charge that could help us? We're not. Does someone work here? Uh oh. Just go. We just have one person run up here really quick. Oh no. Is the answer no? We'll do a dance in the meantime. Will you stand up? Whoever has it, will you stand up? Yeah. Is it you? Okay, what's your name? I think I'm gonna throw this to you. Oh Jesus. Careful. You took your shoes off? I'm sorry. Yeah. Well then careful. careful. Okay, throw it to her. Oh. Okay. Yeah, all right. We're having a hometown. Right now, it needs to be a story. It's, it has to be beginning, middle, and end. Uh, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna uh, let her sit on my stool. See how she does. Yeah. Uh, housekeeping. Do we have any housekeeping? Housekeeping. Stephen's actually home watching my cats right now. It's pretty, pretty sweet. They really like. They really like him. I'm gonna keep talking. Here she comes. What's her name? What's her name? <laughs> Ashley! Hi! How are you? You too. How's it going? Good, good. That's Georgia. 
Yeah? Just sit right here. Oh, we're happy to be here. Sit here. No, sit on it. Do it. Don't fall. Yeah. Okay. Let's just see how you do. It's fucked up, right? Yeah, it's really wobbly. <laughs> this, this, you sat on this for an hour? Yes. And it's, it's slippery, too. And I have these weird boots on. Yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> um, okay, tell, what's your hometown? Where are you from? Um, so I am from about an hour outside of the city, DeKalb, Illinois. Anybody in IU? Whoa. Yeah, so there's a big college out there. No. Tony I know Keller. him. <laughs> oh, I know. Maybe. Don't yes. talk about, don't That's talk another about really good one. <laughs> um, Tony Keller, if you ever get a chance to look at that up, that's oh, a really good one. Oh, I thought you were talking about like someone you went to school with. Yeah, like, I did don't too. Don't talk about Tony right now. <laughs> He's a murderer, I bet. <laughs> so I'm not going to take full credit because this is actually uh, my boyfriend's hometown murder. He's a local in the area. We'll take it. And um, <laughs> he told this story to me on one of our first dates and I was really fascinated by it. That's Probably a keeper. You are so lucky. Like, are you taking notes? Um, are you, you know? So um, he lived in a really small town, out, actually outside of DeKalb, small farming town. And um, he worked at a gas station when he was in high school. And there was a guy who would come to the gas station every day. And every day he would buy a pack of cigarettes and a 30 rack of beer. Yes. And he was approximately 300 pounds. So, you know, <laughs> living the dream. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, the town kind of noticed that he went missing. Um, and they filed a missing persons report about a couple weeks um, after he went missing. He was a cook at this restaurant slash motel that was, um, it's on Highway 47, if anybody knows of that. It's bad news, bad news. It's like in the middle of nowhere. Motel like really on a highway? Right no way. Yeah, so it was called the Bohemia. And uh, the owner of the restaurant um, was a guy, he... Uh, he owned the restaurant and he hired this guy as a cook and he also, the guy also lived in the motel. So um, uh, after a couple weeks, police are searching for this guy. Somebody calls in a tip and says, hey, uh, I actually was helping my friend the other day. He owns the Bohemia restaurant. He had some extra money laying around so he decided he wanted to bury it in the cornfields. So he asked me if I'd come out and help dig some holes for him. <laughs> which is totally logical. <laughs> this guy's like... You know, I Not was thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, how many duffel bags were involved <laughs> yeah. in this? Well, so, um, so he calls, so he tells the police where they buried it, or they buried the money. And uh, the police go out there, dig up the holes, and uh, spoiler, it was not money. No. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the hole, they found two garbage bags. One was the head of this man, the cook, the 300-pound cook, and the other bag was his torso. Ooh. Mm -hmm. So um, they did an autopsy. They found out, um, I mean, it's, it's sad, obviously, he was murdered, but he was kind of on the verge of death. He actually, they ruled that it was a heart attack because his heart stopped. <laughs> because um, his head was removed? <laughs> <laughs> but but actually that came up where they weren't almost going to press charges what? because it technically that's all they had was the torso and the head. Uh. Um, <laughs> Watch the carbs, everybody. Yeah. He also had cirrhosis of the liver and emphysema. Oh, which I was going to say eczema, but my friend corrected me in the car and she's like, "No, you wouldn't I mean, die from that." He probably right. had that too. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they end up pressing or indicting uh, the owner of this restaurant, the Bohemia, and come to find out. Um, he was murdered in the kitchen where he was a cook. Um, I hate the reason why he was murdered. Why? It was over a bad drug deal, which I'm just like, mm, boring. Yeah. But, the, but what happened after yeah. is just like amazing. So um, the thing was, is like, 
is he wanted, he, I guess he didn't come up with this plan right away because obviously he couldn't move the 300 pound man, decided to cut him up, um, didn't know what to do with him at first. The whole digging a hole in the cornfield didn't come to him. So he decided to store the body parts in the motel room fridges, the refrigerators. Oh. And they were able to collect evidence because there was his DNA oh. in the fridge. The little ones? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know how big they were. It probably had like peanuts and candy, you know. No. Yeah, and then it, the dead body parts and bags. Oh, weird. Oh, yeah, that's so, amazing. So the guy was actually sentenced to 90 years in prison. He is still alive, and I'm so sorry I forgot his name. I don't. Oh, you're I, then you're fired. Okay, <laughs> I'll leave. I'll leave. That's amazing. But um, one thing I will point out is his head and his torso were recovered, but his limbs, his arms and legs were never found. So I don't know what time your flight leaves tomorrow, <laughs> but if you guys want to go on a little excavation. I'd yeah. love to find some legs and arms. Yay. Yay. I think that'd be great. Limb City. Yay. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you. That was awesome. Well done. So good. Thank you. Yes. That's how it's done. Yes. You all know how to do it. Thank you oh, so much. They're all sweet baby angels. It makes it means the world to us. It this does. is crazy. We've never done a crowd this big. Yeah. It really does. It's really amazing. Yeah. And you know what? You guys stay sexy. And don't get murdered.